listening to Hymns Illustrated, where hymns are explored, appreciated, and illustrated through stories, testimonies, and edifying conversation. I'm your host and fellow hymn fan, Kristen Eifeldano. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Hymns Illustrated podcast. Today, we are going to deep dive into our new hymn of the month, which is Elizabeth C. Clefane's The 90 and 9. And for some reason, I really like to say her middle initial when I say her name. I don't say Elizabeth Clefane or Bessie, as we will talk about later today, that she sometimes went by. I like to say Elizabeth C. Clefane, uh, and I think it's just, just me being crazy. And now that I'm saying this, I wish I knew what that C stood for. I am going to research that. And if I find it, I will put it toward the end of the episode. So there you go. A little incentive to keep listening. If you are listening for the first time, I am so glad that you are. And I want to take just a moment to explain what the hymn of the month is all about. For 20 years or so, (laughs) that just sounds like so much. I don't think it's quite 20, but it's getting close. Off and on, mostly on, I have been sending a monthly email highlighting one of the great hymns that we have in our body of hymnody as believers. In recent years, this has really progressed into something even more, which I am incredibly thankful to the Lord for leading this way. I am loving this. So now the hymn of the month still consists of the email, and you can get that email by going to the top of the homepage on hymnsillustrated.com. That's hymnsillustrated.com. And just entering your email, your first name and email, it takes just a few seconds and that will redirect you to our Hymn of the Month page, our most current one. And that resource page will introduce you to the hymns theme. This month it is Our Good Shepherd. And it gives you the hymns background story, gives you scripturalized lyrics, which just means that as you read through the hymn, You can hover over related scripture passages, which is just a great way to see for yourself how biblical a hymn is. And then you will see a going deeper section, which includes a link to the sheet music if you're musical and want to play it for yourself or your family. Or you can find um, a, a YouTube video. I also put a YouTube video in that section so you can hear it for yourself and get a good feel of what the hymn sounds like. And then the rest of the page includes resources. Uh, You will also see, I I missed one more thing that is available to you as well. Um, I also include some reflection questions to help you think through the hymn and apply it. And then the rest of that page includes resources for Hymns for Life members, which is, and you can get a little sneak peek when you see that section. And that is a subscription I offer to help hymn fans like yourself benefit from even more hymn study. And those resources include a multi-page devotional guide that you can print and fill out to help you reflect through the hymn and connect it to scripture, a word search and coloring pages to help you slow down enough to reflect through the meaning of the words to the hymn. And then a printable quote that you can put on your fridge or in a frame to display as a reminder of the truth that we find in the hymn. 
And then also printable greeting cards and postcards in multiple designs so you can share the hymn with others. Colossians 3, 16 in action. And soon, very soon, I've made a lot of progress toward this already this week. We will have study guides and activity pages for younger kids as well as older kids. So this will be a family-friendly version of what I've already been producing. If you haven't done so already, now is a great time to subscribe to Hymns for Life. Just go, go on over to hymnsillustrated.com slash join. Again, that's hymnsillustrated.com slash join. So let's go ahead and talk about our hymn of the month. Six years after her homegoing, Elizabeth C. Clefane's poem, The Lost Sheep, caught the eye of well-known evangelistic meeting song leader and music composer, Ira Sankey. He noticed it in a newspaper he was reading on a train. The poem was simply signed, Bessie. Turning to his companion, evangelist Dwight L. Moody himself, Sankey began to read the poem with all the expression he could muster. Both were exhausted from three months of meetings and were headed to Glasgow for more meetings. After reading, Sankey asked Moody what he thought of the poem, only to find Moody completely distracted with reading something else. Sankey tore the poem out of the paper and tucked it into his pocket to save for another time. He thought it would make a perfect hymn set to music someday. During the meetings in Glasgow, another influential pastor, Horatius Bonar, had spoken a short message on the Good Shepherd. Moody turned to Sankey and asked if he could sing an appropriate solo to close the service. Caught off guard, Sankey stepped to the organ and, feeling impressed by the Holy Spirit to do so, placed the newspaper slip in front of him and began to play, compose, and sing the poem as a hymn for the first time. We know it as the 90 and 9. Sankey described the moment like this. Note by note the tune was given, which has not been changed from that day to this. As the singing ceased, a great sigh seemed to go up from the meeting, and I knew that the song had reached the hearts of my Scotch audience. God was not done working, however. Elizabeth Clefane's sister just happened to be in the audience that night and wrote Ira Sankey later to tell him more about the hymn's writer. When Sankey published the hymn, he was sure to attribute the text to Elizabeth C. Clefane. As I read the hymn to you, look for these truths or themes in the words. First, Christ is our tender shepherd. He's caring. He knows who is lost. We see that in stanzas one and two. And he hears the cry of the lost. We see that in stanza three. He is our saving shepherd. He suffered to save us. We see that in stanza three. And he died to save us. That is alluded to in stanza four. And we see that Christ is our rejoicing shepherd. He rejoices immediately when a sinner repents, stanza five. And he rejoices openly when a sinner repents, stanza five as well. There were 90 and nine that safely lay in the shelter of the fold. But one was out on the hills away far off from the gates of gold, away on the mountains wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care. Lord, thou hast here thy ninety and nine, are they not enough for thee? But the shepherd made answer, This of mine has wandered away from me, and although the road be rough and steep, 
I go to the desert to find my sheep. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark was the night that the Lord passed through ere he found his sheep that was lost. Out in the desert he heard its cry, sick and helpless and ready to die. Lord, whence are those blood drops all the way that mark out the mountain's track? They were shed for one who had gone astray, or the shepherd could bring him back. Lord, whence are thy hands so rent and torn? They are pierced tonight by many a thorn. But all through the mountains thunder riven, and up from the rocky steep, there arose a glad cry to the gate of heaven, Rejoice, I have found my sheep. And the angels echoed around the throne, Rejoice, for the Lord brings back his own. If that story sounded familiar to you at all, that's because it's based on the parable of the lost sheep that Jesus taught in Luke 15, 1-7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. This month, our hymn is worth our attention for several reasons. First, it is a story. There's a reason Jesus used parables, and that is because they are incredibly didactic. That is to say, they are intended to teach. They are teachable. We learn so much from this hymn, and the fact that it is a story makes it even easier for us to learn. Second, it's straight from the Bible. Jesus taught the story of the lost sheep, and we can sing about it knowing that it is true. Third, it teaches us who Jesus is. Even though it is an allegory, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to identify the shepherd in this story as Jesus, since he himself identified as the good shepherd in John 10, 11, and 14. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So here in this hymn, we see Christ seeking for the lost and suffering and rejoicing over the repentance. It is a beautiful picture of our Lord and Savior and who he is. Fourth, it teaches us who we are and why we need to repent. Without Jesus, we are indeed lost and in an empty, bare place, just on the verge of death, as this as this hymn so poetically portrays, uh, which is true. We are dying. We are spiritually dead, and we are headed for hell uh, without our shepherd finding us, just like the sheep in this story. Fourth, it shares the gospel. Yes, it is subtle, but it is there in our hymn, We see a seeking shepherd who suffers and sheds blood. We don't see clearly that the shepherd died for the sheep, but in stanza three, it is implied as we read 
None of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed or how dark was the night that the Lord passed through. And it's interesting that the writer calls the shepherd the Lord very plainly in this stanza. And then last, although I'm sure there are more reasons to learn this hymn, and I'm sure they will come to me after I record and and publish this podcast, but this hymn is especially child-friendly. Children love animals, and this story helps them relate to the lost sheep and the condition we are all in when we are far away from the Lord. And of course, this hymn tells the story of our good shepherd, who children especially find easy to trust. I'm going to throw in a bonus reason here. When you share the story behind this hymn with others, especially little ones, you also have a teachable moment where you can explain God's providence, the doctrine of God's providence to young minds. It is clear in this hymn's background how God ordained events surrounding this hymn from writing to publication to even being handed down to us years later. Uh, Elizabeth C. Clefane's sister just happened to be in the audience. Before we close, I invite you once again to go to the Hymn of the Month resource page and spend a few minutes reflecting through this hymn. You will be blessed. You can check the show notes for the link, or if you are listening in June 2022, you can sign up for the Hymn of the Month at the top of hymnsillustrated.com, and you will be taken directly to that page, and that will also ensure you get to be the first to know every month when a new hymn is available for studying and, and going into a little bit further. And one more thing, do you have a favorite hymn or a hymn that is one of your favorites? And is there a memory or a thought that you associate with that hymn? Why not share it with others who listen to this podcast? To share, simply use the voice memo app on your phone to record your name and a fun fact about you, completely optional, but that That's just fun for all of us to hear. And then the name of the hymn and why it is meaningful to you. And if you could just read at least one stanza, maybe your favorite stanza, that would be great. Then send that recording over to me at Kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. That's Kristen with a K and ending in E-N, Kristen at hymnsillustrated.com. And if you would rather, you can also email me your written testimonial for me to read right here on the podcast. Thanks for listening to Hymns Illustrated. If you were blessed by what you heard today, you can say thank you by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, or by shopping at christianbook.com using the affiliate link in the show notes. All of these gestures keep Hymns Illustrated going and growing. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, Keep your hymnal open.